0: What's up everybody, this is Edgar Martin from the q and podcast just bringing you this message that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. It could be sports, entertainment, or anything else that you feel people might want to listen to. Once again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, podgo.co.
1: You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast, man. I just want to start this episode off by giving two really big r.i.p shout outs um first r.i.p to logan mcneil uh for those of y'all who don't know he's a, a fellow classmate of ours that went to lakewood high school <clears throat> uh recently uh shot and killed last week in front of his mother's house so uh, shot to miss moore shot to coach moore uh kj everybody in that family Um, shout out to everybody who went to lakewood that knew logan uh, his funeral is this weekend, so it's it's definitely going to be a heartfelt one. And R.I.P. to Young Dolph, my favorite Memphis rapper, uh, a real, genuine, uh, independent artist in the world of hip-hop, man. he He definitely laid the foundation for a lot of these new upcoming rappers on what it means to be independent and really like doing it for yourself. So two major people in my eyes that I feel like I lost this week, so...
1: Yeah, that, that Young Doll situation was crazy, bro. And it's like, when it comes to rapping, like, killings happening in, like, the rap community, like, this shit has to stop, bro. Like, the beef between... Because I feel like it has to be some type of beef involved, or it might just be some hating shit involved with it, because... I feel like it's so many similarities between what happened with him and what happened with Nipsey. Like a lot of people thought it was like somebody had some beef with Nip or it was like gang related. And then we just found out it was like some hating niggas from his neighborhood or some shit like that. And I feel like it's the same thing here. A lot of people trying to point the finger at all the people that Dolph had beef with. And it's just like, I think it was just some hating niggas. Like niggas don't want to see you do well. Even if it's your city, people don't want to see you do well. So it's unfortunate that is that way. But definitely R.I.P. to Young Dolph, man. It definitely lost a, a huge person in the rap community. Uh, he touched a lot, uh, independent, like you said, man. But damn, that was that was definitely a big loss last week, man. So definitely shout out.
0: And and it's crazy because he was going to the cookie shop for his mom, bro. Like that. That's crazy, crazy as fuck. Like and because I get it, you know. First, first off, I will say it was kind of stupid on Dolph because. Dolph has all of his cars in camouflage. Like they're all wrapped in camouflage. So if you anywhere mm-hmm. in Memphis and you see a foreign car and it's wrapped in camouflage, it's Dolph. So you were by yourself in a car that clearly tells it's you. And yeah, you had your fire on you, but it's like you you can't you you can't do that in your city anymore. And that that's the part that bothered me because it's like, come on, Dolph. Like I know for the most part most niggas ain't gonna touch you for real but it only take one bullet it only take one person it only take one bullet to get you you know what i'm saying so i i know he probably felt like hey i'm going to do an errand for my mama real quick but you can't even do that sometimes bro sometimes you got to send people to do stuff as simple as that for you so i i i just i just think it's sad um i know key glock curtain that was his cousin and a mentor and the person who like entered him into the rap game so it, it's just it was a weird situation a lot of celebrities a lot of other rappers like really came out and showed support and just spoke on how real a per real of a person Dolph was
1: yeah man definitely R.I.P. the young Dolph man but um let's move forward if this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast we do have five segments we have our sports segment, uh, two wild Wednesday. Social media wants to know entertainment and pass the ox. So definitely stick with us throughout the entire show, and also definitely check out the Q media page. Check out the website. Check out our social media on IG. It's Q A N D E media on Twitter. It is Q E media, and on Facebook it is Q and media. Definitely check out all the pages. Now let's dive into the NFL Week Eleven recap. It was a lot of things that happened this week. Once again, more upsets. A lot of people that we didn't expect to lose lost this week. And let's start off with the these huge pretenders, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> let's start. Let's, let's start it off with these guys because for the past couple of weeks they haven't been looking good. They lost to the Jags a couple of weeks ago, and then you get dominated like by the uh, by the Colts. Jonathan Taylor going for five touchdowns. What is the problem with the Buffalo Bills right now? What are you seeing, bro? You said they contenders a couple of weeks ago, so how are how are you do you stand with that as well?
0: The Buffalo Bills have definitely upset me over the past few weeks, but I, I think this was the final straw that's really making me look at Josh Allen and just the Bills as a whole right now. I feel it's inexcusable. Uh, the, the Colts, I know Jonathan Taylor is a phenomenal player, but the Colts as a unit are not a team that the Bills should be losing to in this manner. You know, Jonathan Taylor getting five touchdowns, yes, that's great for him. But for the Bills, like, I'm just extremely disappointed in the way the defense performed. Josh Allen is in one of those Josh Allen slumps that we're, we're used to kind of seeing every now and then. And I don't know what the hell needs to be the fix, but it, it's just looking like a major – downslide as we're approaching the end of the season, you know, and this is the time where games need to be won the most. Like, this is a time where you just lost the division lead right now. The Patriots are leading the division with seven wins at the moment, you know, so I I just feel like if you're the Bills, you have to find a way to turn this around quickly. Josh Allen, you, I'm looking at you, bro. I think you are the major problem in this. I feel like if anybody needs to cut the switch on, it is you right now.
1: And I told you about this a couple of weeks ago. I think Josh Allen is having the same issues as Patrick Mahomes was having a couple of weeks back where he's trying to hit too many chunk plays and not taking the the plays and the opportunities that are in front of him. And another big thing wrong with the Bills is that they do not run the ball at all. It's so easy to guard another team when you know that they're not going to run the ball, not even try. Like, if you look at the rushing attempts by the Bills, like, it's probably – like five at most, like over the past, like two weeks. Like it's embarrassing. So if teams are so prepared for that, obviously we know what's going to happen. And when we know that you're going to try to go deep, you want the big the, the big play. You got the strong arm. We know that you don't, you don't want to take the check downs. It's kind of easy to guard you, bro. So for the Bills, it's a struggle between that and also the defense. Like, it's a lot of problems with the Bills. And these are problems that I've seen before. And that's why I'm like, I didn't have a lot of confidence with the Bills. And it wasn't even no hate and shit. I just didn't have a lot of confidence because I'm seeing a lot of teams in the AFC and it's like just other teams that are better than you and don't have as many holes at the moment. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes to quarterback play, I think it's other quarterbacks like at least four to five in the AFC that are better than Josh Allen right now. So when we talk about playoffs, them going deep in the playoffs, I think it really comes down to quarterback play. And I don't know how much he puts you over the top against these other quarterbacks like the Herbers, the Mahomes that you're going to have to see in the playoffs. It's like these Lamar quarterbacks Jackson. are playing better than you. Yeah, Lamar Jackson like these quarterbacks are playing better than you and our players are smarter than you, bro. So it's like I got to go with those quarterbacks especially when we talk about going deep and contending for some playoffs, man. So the, the Bills are really disappointing me, bro. They ain't really disappoint me, it's really what I expected, but it is what. It is. <laughs> but uh but let's talk about Jonathan Taylor, man. He's been going crazy this whole season if you look at his stats. I think his stats have been like he's been having over the past 8 weeks, he's had 100 over 100 rushing yards like seven out of eight weeks and these are not just like 100 yard rushing these are like 150 170 three touchdown games four touchdown games five touchdown games like we've seen this past week and now he's starting to creep up in the mvp conversation right now we don't really know who's the mvp nobody has really locked it up at this moment and he's starting to make a, a real good push for the mvp trophy how do you feel about his chances at this moment
0: I honestly, I probably wouldn't have him in the MVP discussion just because of the position that the Colts are in. I don't. When was the last time like we've seen an MVP on a losing team? Like because I believe the They're Colts are six and are,
1: five though, bro. They're winning. They won four yeah, out of their last five. They're on a hot streak. Real street. talk.
0: Real talk. I, I don't see the Colts like finishing with less than um. At, at five wins like i mean at five losses i don't see them only having five losses come the end of oh, the they're gonna season have more losses than
1: that, but they're gonna be a winning team playoffs most but, of
0: uh, i don't know bro I, I just feel like it's gonna be a quarterback dominated mvp discussion even though there are a lot of quarterbacks right now that you're like uh he don't got it on that's lot. what he don't i'm got saying though either. bro
1: that's and that's what i'm saying it's a lot of quarterbacks where you're like ah. Uh, like Lamar Jackson had to leave for a minute. It's like and then he lost a couple, and it was like, well, is it really Lamar? And then it was it was my, it was Mahomes, not Mahomes, but it was Prescott. Then Prescott uh, lost to the Broncos. It was like, eh. So every time somebody really starts to take the lead, they get pushed back. Brady, it was the same thing. He lost a couple games, eh. So all of these quarterbacks that you said is dominated by are really slipping back every time they get the lead. It'll
0: really just depend on where the Colts finish at that point. Then, you know, if you finish at just barely above 500, well, there is no more 500. But if you finish at uh, a nine and eight, you know, I I feel like uh, you can make a case for it. But I feel like it's going to go to whatever player is on one of the winning teams this season. I feel like it's going to go to that type of player, whether it's a quarterback or a running back. And I feel Derrick Henry. As far as running backs go, if Derrick Henry would have never gotten hurt, I don't think Jonathan Taylor would have gotten the appreciation he's getting now. And I think that's a big reason on why, until this weekend, people haven't been saying Jonathan Taylor for MVP for the most part, unless you're a Colts fan, you know what I'm saying? But I I definitely appreciate – Him finally getting his flowers throughout this season, like you say, he's been on like an eight game streak of over 100 plus yards, multiple touchdowns. So the MVP discussion is there. It's just going to depend on where he can lead this team as far as their record in their division and in the playoff standings.
1: And it's not only that he's doing putting up the stats it's that he's really carrying this offense and making it so much easier for the defense by keeping the mm-hmm. offense on the field. Because we know about the struggles Carson Wentz was having earlier in the season. Nigga was looking trash and he still hasn't been that great. But when you have a running back putting up these type of numbers and he continues to move the chains it makes the quarterback look so much better and it makes his job way more or way easier. So that's what he's doing for this offense. He's improving this whole team by his play right now. So I think he should be top five in the conversation. Where everybody's slipping back with the quarterbacks, every time somebody gets a lead, they get pushed back. I I don't think he would be a leading contender for me personally. I personally would probably still give it to Kyler Murray. I don't know why he isn't in the conversation for a lot of people anymore. He's been hurt over the past two or three weeks. I probably would still have him number one. But he would have to be in my top five for what he's doing for his team, bro. Like p- to win four out of five with Wentz at quarterback—that's uh, a—that's a big thing. That's a big thing.
0: Yeah, I I don't understand how Brady is still in the conversation because he let let alone the Bucks. Like Tom Brady has not looked good within the past three to four weeks. I know last night uh, against the um not last night but Monday night against the Giants, like they looked great, I guess, but. It was the giants it was a it was an expected w at home so all the games leading up to that at least the past three games or so brady has not really putting on has not put on an mvp performance and i don't i don't know how he's still high in the conversation when people talk about mvp right now
1: i mean if the bucks went out he can be in that conversation but it's, i don't but think the amount brady of interceptions... is too much worried Yeah, the amount
0: of interceptions and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's Brady, so obviously, if he can lead them to like having a win, and he got the narrative
1: behind you know they want to give it to him, bro. Forty-four. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: They they want to give it to him, so he'll have the narrative. I mean, if we just strictly talking like performance, like the past three to four weeks, at least the past three out of four weeks, I can't sit here and say Brady is a top two, top three candidate.
1: I yeah, I can agree with that. I can I can fully agree with that. I probably would have Dak up there, bro. Dak will have to be up there for me. Like I said, Kyler Murray would still be my number one with how he uh, the, uh, the Cardinals have struggled without him. I think that you think Lamar need to importance. be in the conversation. Uh The Ravens haven't looked as great. I probably would still have him top five though. I probably still would have him top five. Herbert would probably be up there for me too.
0: But Her, Herbert, here is the thing with Herbert is like they're he he hasn't really had a streak yet this season of like just playing great. And I think that's the only thing keeping Herbert out of the conversation for me. Like, there'll be two games where it's like, yeah, Herbert lighting people's ass up. And then, like, another two or three games where it's like, uh, he played all right, but he wasn't the reason they won for real. So, excuse me, I don't think it's a consistency with Herbert right now to where I can say, yeah, he's top five as far as MVP. But if he can get on a good streak to close out the season, I feel like um he could be put back in the discussion
1: putting up what he got three thousand twenty-two and eight it's like it's the same thing with that Brady conversation you brought up with Herbert he put he got like the similar stats of the the top quarterbacks in the league but I think he's in like a way tougher division than everybody else is at this point where you got to play the Chiefs Mm -hmm. you got to play the Raiders and you got to play the Broncos so being six and four and leading your team like that I think does have him in that conversation Aaron Rodgers is in the conversation Stafford is still in the conversation and it's crazy because I'm looking at the MVP odds on DraftKings, and they still got Josh Allen number one for some reason. And it's, it's not. I don't know. Any, hey, and they, must any to me.
0: they must have heard the pop before the season started when I said uh he' gonna have an MVP and they went in the Super Bowl. They was like, "Yeah, let's go ahead and bank in on it now."
1: <laughs> that, that's crazy, bro. That he's still number one. I I, I don't understand it. No, but um, I don't get it either. I don't get it, but yeah, let's move on to the the next conversation I wanted to have of. Are the Eagles the best team in the NFC East? So y'all hear me out real quick. Y'all hear me out. So the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFC East right now. They are the best team. But have y'all been watching the Eagles, though? The Eagles have really been doing their thing. Jalen Hurts, the running game, the defense, all have been looking great. And their schedule is really easy moving forward. Mm-hmm. They gonna have about 10, 11 wins by the end of the season. And the play calling is so much better from the beginning of the season. I think they played the Cowboys earlier in the season, but they got waxed. But I think the last four out of the, the last five games, they've been W's, they've been running the ball, making it easier for Jalen Hurts, and they're really looking like the best team to me in the in, in the NFC East, bro. When it comes about all-around complete football, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC East right now, bro. I don't see that many holes On their defense, like I see with the Cowboys, and how you can really gash them with the running game. You can't run the ball on the Eagles. You can sometimes get them in the pass game, but Darius Slay is having a Defensive Player of the Year type of season right now. Like he's really turning around the defense, and it's it's the play calling is really turning around the offense right now, bro. So if y'all have been watching the Eagles, y'all understand that the Eagles, to me, are the best team in the NFC East. Their record doesn't say it because they're what they're five and five of. Five and six, they might be something like that right now. So they don't have the record of the best team, but I think play-wise over the last four or five weeks, they are the best team in the NFC. East.
0: The Cowboys lead the division at seven and three. The Eagles are five and six, Washington four and six, and the Giants are three and seven. Your argument makes sense, so I, I won't necessarily say you're wrong, but I would just go with the Cowboys just off of the fact that the competition that they've played this season, win or lose, they have played phenomenal in most of the games that they've played. Yeah, I know they they got waxed by the Broncos and everybody was like, especially me, I was like, uh oh, do I need to pull my my cowboy fandom back a little bit? But uh other than that, like the Bucks, they played uh very well. They they played a lot of teams great, bro. So I think win or lose, the Cowboys are the better team in that division right now just because they played better competition. They played better against better competition. And I just feel the Eagles, although their schedule gives them the opportunity to have a good-looking record, I feel like if the two teams were to meet, uh, um, which they will, like if the two teams were to meet yeah, in they a crucial play with time. game. Yeah, yeah if, they, if they were to meet in a crucial game, like on who can win Last the, game of the season or something like Last that. Last game of the season. I, I feel like the Cowboys would win, and they would win by at least a couple of touchdowns. I feel like it's that lopsided.
1: See, so they played against the Bucs. They only lost to the Bucs by six, and I remember that game because that was Thursday night football. They had an opportunity to win that game, but once right. again, that's when the play calling was still trash. It was the week after that Bucks game is when they actually started to run the ball, and it really started to roll for the Eagles. So the last four games have been against the Raiders. They lost against the Raiders, but they played well. They beat the Lions, but it's the Lions. They beat the Chargers handily. Yeah. They beat the Broncos handily. They beat the Saints handily. These are good teams that they're just steamrolling by, bro. And like, bro, I, but then then the, for the next few games, they have the Giants, the Eagles, not the Giants, the, the Giants, the Jets, the Washington. They got the Giants again. They got Washington. And then they got the Cowboys for their last game. So all of their hard games are honestly out of the way. So they played the Chiefs, they played the, the Bucks already. So all of the hard games are already out of the way and they are playing way better at this moment. So I think when we see that game against the Cowboys for the last game of the season, we're going to really see how well they have progressed throughout the season. And then I think that's when the conversation is going to start. Maybe I'm just early on the train. But I think when they play the Cowboys that last game of the season, they're going to be like, whoa, the, the Eagles are legit. Like The Eagles are legit because I feel like they're going to thump the Cowboys when they play but
0: because there it's a two game difference right now, so it's not it's not impossible to your point. like if both teams win out the rest of their uh the rest of their season and it comes down to okay, they're they're playing each other last game of the season, who's gonna win the division? It'll be a good game. I just trust Dallas's offense more than I trust the Eagles offense. I know the Dallas uh front seven has not been well against the rush at all this season. But I feel I trust And that's Dak. the
1: strength of the Eagles, and that's the crazy thing.
0: But but I trust Dak and I took I trust Gallup and them boys. I know they were missing a lot of passes recently. This over this past weekend, Gallup and, and Lamb where everybody was just missing passes for some reason. But uh I feel like once they get their act together and get to the final game of the season, it'll be a, a different story. I feel like we'll look at the Cowboys like okay, they had a little bit of a shake up during the middle point, but they rounded it back out and got on that hot streak again. Trust plus I feel like Trayvon Diggs is still playing great. Micah Parsons playing lights out right now. This their secondary and their linebackers is it's it's something to be reckoned with for sure.
1: I'm telling y'all, watch out for them Eagles, man. They playing good. And it's funny because people are starting to hop back on the the Jalen Hurts bandwagon. A lot of people are saying that he's the quarterback that you have to ride out with. And I'm glad that everybody is starting to get the sense of that now. We don't have to switch to another quarterback. Jalen Hurts is the guy. So definitely shout out to Hurts because he's been playing well. Defense has been playing well. Shout out to Darius Slay. I'm telling y'all, watch out for them Eagles, man. Watch out for them.
0: Oh, yeah. And while we're talking about the NFC East, uh, John Garrett got fired. He got fired today.
1: Oh, Jay- Jason, Jason Garrett. Garrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason
0: Garrett. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Jason Garrett got fired. Oh, I mean, when you get thumped like that, the way y'all got thumped, then the offense just hasn't looked great. And, and honestly, it's not Jason Garrett's fault because when is the last time the Giants' offense looked good? It's been years.
0: It's, it's been. It wasn't, even, it's been it years. wasn't even Eli Manning last year. I say like that's two what I'm years saying. Oh, Eli Manning retired probably.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not, it, it's been years since that offense has looked good. But the funny thing is, they have talent on offense yeah like they have tony they got galladay they got saquon they got evan ingram and it's like they don't utilize all of their talent like it's it's such a weird situation that goes on with the giants every year it really doesn't make sense to me but um let's move forward uh, with the cowboys conversation and the chiefs ended up uh beating them 19 to 9 this weekend Mm -hmm. what or who did this or what did this game no who did this game tell you more about Did it tell you more about the Cowboys or did it tell you more about the Chiefs?
0: I believe it told us more about the Chiefs because a common question this entire season are what was, are the Chiefs, you know, figured out, you know, are the Chiefs not themselves this season? Are the Chiefs uh, even going to make the playoffs? Like there were a lot of questions regarding the Chiefs this season. And I feel like this was a good quality win for them because I have the Cowboys as a top three team in the NFC right now. So if you can, handedly beat a team like that and hold them in single digits for the entire game that says a lot about how well this team can actually still be you know even in a a rough season where you might not make the Super Bowl and you barely might get through the playoffs but the Chiefs are the Chiefs are showing that look we can still be in the fight we can still hang in there so I feel like this said a lot for Patrick Mahomes Uh, he played a good game Uh, this says a lot about Kelsey Kelsey made some key catches and uh, the defense, both defense, uh, Dallas's front seven is terrible, and the secondary for the Chiefs is terrible. So it was two terrible defenses throughout this game, but the Chiefs were the stronger defense in this matchup. So it definitely said a lot about the Chiefs because if Dallas would have, if, if the score would have been the other way around, I really would have been questioning the Chiefs, like, damn, like you can't even get a touchdown, like that, that would have spoke volumes to me. So I'm glad the Chiefs actually got the win, even though I did pick the Cowboys.
1: And even though the Chiefs didn't look great, I think it still told us a lot by them just getting this W because the, the Dallas defense, I think, did play well. Like, they were really on Patrick Mahomes' head. Once again, shout out to Michael Parsons. Like, like everybody says that he's in the defensive, he's going to win defensive rookie of the year. But he should be in, like, the defensive player of the year. He's playing that well. He's up there with the Digs and with the Darius Slays. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it because I think he is the main reason why this, why this defense has really turned around. I wouldn't say that it's Trayvon Diggs. He's playing great. He has nine interceptions. But I think the main reason that this defense turned around was Michael Parsons, bro. So I wouldn't be mad or surprised if he was to win the award. Um, but going back to your point, I think the Chiefs showed me a lot because even though they didn't play great this game, getting this tough W is what I needed to see for me to say that the Chiefs are back. Are they going to get back to the Super Bowl? No, but they're back to the Chiefs that we know are consistent at least. Because like, from early in the season, they've had a good game, they get high, then the next game they get low. But stringing together a good uh, pair of wins like they did in back-to-back weeks, and, and they beat the Packers the, the week before, now I'm starting to see a trend with the truth. They're on the upswing now. They were just trying to get into it the earlier season, but now we're seeing the upswing. I still don't think they get far because I still see holes, but defensively they have improved offensively I still have questions but they are improving but I did see more from the Chiefs than I have seen in past weeks this season so I would have to say uh, that they said more about the Chiefs but what do you think is the Cowboys problem on offense I don't feel like they're as explosive as they once were earlier in the season so what is the biggest issue you think I would say
0: the running game. I I don't think uh not it's it's not trash, but it's not where I would like it to be either. The receiving core hasn't, re- other than this last game, to where you know I'm really looking at receivers like how are you dropping these passes? I feel like the running game just hasn't been as effective as I would want it to be. I like to see Zeke, you know, be a lot more aggressive with running through uh these a gaps and like just trying to get those tough yards. But other than that, I feel like. I feel like they're doing fine offensively with Dak and these boys. It's just if you can get the uh, four yards of carry, you know, and, and just move the chains, I feel like it would just make Dak's job so much easier to where it's not like they have to come up with big plays on long third downs.
1: Yeah, and they were talking about this on Get Up, too, so I'm glad you brought up the point of they ran the ball well. Like, if you look at the rushing yards, I think they ran the ball 16 times for, like, 80-something yards. And so they got five yards a carry. It was the fact that they weren't doing it enough. And I think that's the problem with the the Cowboys. They get pass-happy because they have all of these elite Mm -hmm. wide receivers, but when they run the ball, they get good yards. So they have to – I think they have to high-key – change their offense around and become more of a ground and power team. But you can be explosive in the in the passing attack. I think if they switch their offensive identity, they, then we can see the, the real ceiling for the Cowboys. Because right now, when you just have uh, Dak drop back 50 times a game, that's really predictable, bro. Especially when your running game is really working like it is right now. I think they, they should really flip, man. They should be getting Zeke and Pollard, man, like 30, 35 I was gonna a say. Game.
0: Cause you can really split between the two, and and that's yeah. why I feel it could be a situation where you could do a lot more screen passes than what you're doing. It doesn't even have to necessarily be ground and pound. You know, you can do a lot of screen passes. You can do a lot of plays where uh it's play action, like motion, uh wheel routes, and things like that. I feel like Zeke and Pollard can both succeed doing that, and also you know running uh straight through the gaps, you know, to get those uh three, four, five yard carries. So. They, they're not doing bad I just want to see it more and I want to see them be more aggressive with it
1: yeah man so I, I gotta see some improvements from the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to the offensive play calling defense I think they'll be okay once again they do have the the issue that has been exposed throughout the season but I think that will be fine but I think offensively really the offense really covered up that issue because they were so explosive early in the season but when that offense isn't explode uh, isn't as explosive it's like damn, now the defense gets exposed more. And it's like, ah, now we're starting to poke at the Cowboys way more than we were earlier in the season. So I think the offense got to get back on track. And let's move forward with the NFL playoff race. Let's go through at this point and just go through some uh, pretenders or contenders at the moment. So if, if the playoffs were to start today, the Titans would be the number one seed. The Ravens would be two. The Patriots move up to three because now they are leading the AFC East. The Chiefs at four, Bengals at five, Chargers at six, and the Bills at seven. And for the NFC, the Cardinals are still at one, Packers at two, Bucks at three, Cowboys four, and then Rams, Vikings, and Saints round out for the NFC. And I want to talk about the, the Vikings real quick, man. Do you think they are contenders or pretenders and i say this because they had a huge win over the packers this past week and i feel like they have all of the the, the pieces to make a deep run in the playoff but it all comes down to the quarterback position <laughs> how far can you really get with kirk cousins bro so do you think they are pretenders or contenders
0: Hey, I I love calling Kirk Cousins Captain Kirk, man, because sometimes I just be like, (laughs) he be pulling shit out of his ass, and it just be working sometimes, but I I would have to say the Vikings are pretenders just because most of the times when the Vikings actually do win, it's on some crazy shit. Like, I don't think I've seen the Vikings win a game this season, and it's like, yeah, they, they led, like, the whole game, and it was easily the Vikings. Like, no, it was a damn, like this is a hard decision. I don't know who's going to win. And if the Vikings win, it's because like this crazy pass with like five minutes left or this uh, insane fumble because of uh, this player or whatever, you know. So when it comes to the Vikings, it's just a lot of crazy plays that happen. And I don't feel like you can bank on that when it comes to contending for actual Super Bowl run. So I would just say pretenders.
1: And it's funny because throughout the season, the, the Vikings honestly should be have a way better record than what they have. Yeah. Like they've had some games throughout the season. I think I guess the Cardinals, their kicker missed the game when a field goal. They had a couple of games like that actually where a kicker missed the game when a field goal. So and they have the lead for a lot of the game and they folded mm-hmm. at the end of the game because they stopped yep. running the plays that got them there. So. The play calling, but I honestly think when it comes to the playoffs, like I always say, the quarterback position has to be on point. And I don't know how much I trust Kurt in a, in a playoff situation, especially if it's prime time. I, I'm not at <laughs> the fuck off, bro. So I have to say, pretenders on the Vikings. But I wanted to ask the question because they have the talent, bro. I've seen mm-hmm. it against the Packers, bro. They have the best wide receiver duo in the league. Uh, Justin Jefferson looking like one of the best receivers in the league Adam Thielen always been one of the best receivers Kirk knows how to spread the ball around you got one of the best running backs in Dalvin Cook your damn defense looking pretty solid you know what I'm saying they gave up some huge plays against the Packers but they solid I'm about to say it's the Packers so
0: it's like it's A-Rod you're gonna give up big big plays anyway so (laughs) yeah
1: and they played well throughout the season it's like man y'all have the pieces bro but it's the quarterback position, man. It's it's tough, man, when it comes to the Vikings, man. And, and that's why that. it's
0: always hard. Like when, when, when we do the picks and like you ask me with whoever's playing the Vikings, I'm like, bro, like the, the Vikings are the Vikings are the Nebraska of the NFL. Nebraska is somehow always a team in college football that you can never easily say somebody's just gonna beat. Even if they, like, continuously lose, it's like nobody mm. can ever say, we're going to go in here, we're going to beat Nebraska by 30. Like, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, no, Nebraska is yeah. going to make sure, like, no, my nigga, this is going to be a 7- or 14-point game at most. Like, So yeah, I, sure. I definitely get that vibe from the Vikings, and I think it's just because of uh, how um, how physically imposing they are most of the time when it comes to offensive lines, defensive lines, and uh, real power-type positions.
1: Yeah. Uh, they Their offensive line is, is stout, bro. I, I like the Vikings team, man. If they had a different quarterback, I might be saying some wild shit, man. But, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough for the Vikings right now, man uh the titans had a huge loss to the texans this week definitely wanted to say that before we moved on yeah Uh, i don't know what the fuck was going on (laughs) and this is and it's funny bro because i said it last week of how i don't have any confidence in like the top four teams in the afc how i think a wild card team will end up pulling out of the, the afc and i still believe that i thought the patriots we're going to be a wild card team. And they're like the team I feel like in the AFC I have the most confidence in moving forward because I know what I'm getting out of the Patriots with everybody else from a week-to-week basis. It's like I really don't know what I'm getting with these. Yeah. The Chiefs, I don't know. The Ravens, I don't know. The, the Titans just showed us they can lose to anybody. It's like I, I don't know, bro. So it, it's, a, it's a crazy situation going down in the AFC, man. Crazy as hell. And one more team before we move on is – Are the Colts contenders or pretenders?
0: Pretenders. I I don't trust Carson Wentz at all. Sorry, Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) You're playing lights out. You're getting in the MVP discussion now, and you're getting your flowers this season. But that's the best it's going to get for the Colts. I I like the fact that Colts fans actually got something to celebrate right now because I know they've been pissed (laughs) off for the last few weeks. But pretenders, Carson Wentz is not making any type of push. That'll be comeback player of the year type shit. If Carson Wentz (laughs) can Mm. do some shit like that,
1: (laughs) man, oh man, man, I want to say contenders, man. But once again, this is like the this is just like the conversation we just had. The quarterback position, bro. (laughs) I, I can't trust it, bro. In the playoffs, you have to make big throws, bro. You have to make big throws. And how much trust do I have in? Carson Wentz
0: and I actually trust Kirk Cousins to a certain extent when it comes to making big passes because at least he has the receivers and Kirk Cousins has showed us before even if he can't win like major games win a
1: playoff game last year too
0: he he did I think if I'm not mistaken I think wait no no no. a playoff game last season nah
1: didn't he beat the Saints last year
0: no we beat the Saints
1: You probably think, okay, y'all did ago. be the same. Y'all be the same, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all did be the same. Damn, I thought Kirk won a game last year, okay, but go on. Nah, go ahead. That,
0: that was probably the season before. But I, I trust Kirk Cousins to make big time throws way more than I do Carson Wentz because Kirk Cousins has shown us look, even if he can't win in prime time, he can keep the game close every now and then, and he could have a few plays where you're looking like, oh, damn, like he's he showing a little bit of flashes, like comeback win type type of vibe. So, I, I think. Kirk Cousins is in a better position, but I totally understand what you're saying. Like, you you don't trust the quarterback in either situation.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, bro, because once again, their their situation is nice, too, for for the Colts, man. Well, they don't have the top-tier wide receivers like the Vikings do, but they have good wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they have a great offensive line, great running game, and the defense is one of the top defenses in the league, bro. So, Mm -hmm. once again, the quarterback position, it, it definitely makes a difference. And the Vikings, that was definitely two years ago. They beat the Saints two years ago. But we've seen him win the playoff games though. We haven't seen Wentz win a playoff game. No. Nope. No. No, because that was Foles. That was Foles who I was won. About
0: say, he had a, he yeah. had a chance, but <laughs> <laughs> <Nick> Foles, <laughs> my dog yeah, had a chance. Yeah, yeah. And Nick Foles was like, hold my beer. Let me do this. <laughs>
1: All right, man. Now let's move on to the uh NFL week. I think this is week 12. I think I didn't change this, but NFL week 12, pick up the weeks. All right, let's move All right. Let me see what the pick's looking like, man. Yeah, this is NFL Week 12. So for mm. Thursday night, and it's Thanksgiving this Thursday, so we got a few games on Thursday. So we got Bears versus Lions.
0: Uh, Bears. When was the last time the Lions won a Thanksgiving game?
1: I was just about to ask that, bro. Because I think they play the Bears Damn. every year, too.
0: No, not on Thanksgiving. They don't play the Bears every Thanksgiving. But, damn, when was the last time the Lions won the Thanksgiving game? We'll have to Google that before the end of the show.
1: (laughs) It's been a definitely – that need to be a trivia question for real. For real. Damn, bro. (laughs) This is going to be the first year. This is going to be the first year, man. I got the Lions, man. (laughs) I got the Lions, man. Raiders versus Cowboys.
0: Cowboys. Cowboys. Bills versus Saints. Mm, That's a tough one. Uh hmm saints at home but i trust i trust josh allen more than i trust whoever the fuck that quarterback for the saints (laughs) i'll go with the bills
1: oh my god speaking of the saints what's what's good with the saints did y'all see that contract extension that was given to Taysom hill (laughs) bro what is going on they gave this nigga 40 million for what they said they're gonna he gonna get 40 million if he just keeps being a gadget player. And they said if he's a quarterback, he's gonna get 55 million. Like, I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know what the love affair is between Sean Payton and, and Taysom Hill, but the shit is weird, bro. Because it don't make no <laughs> sense why that type of player need, he don't even start at quarterback. He's not he's not a wide receiver, he's not a tight end. This nigga just
0: does anything. He's a he's a Swiss Army knife, bro. My dog do everything, he does everything. He's one of those people that he may not do one thing great, but he does a little bit of everything well. And I feel like they're they're buying into that. It's like, you know what? If our quarterback get injured, we could throw Taysom in there. You know what? If we need an extra slot receiver, we can throw Taysom in there. If we need somebody to get in the running back position but just do like a screen pat, we can throw Taysom Hill in there. He's just one of those players that you can always bank on. Do I think the money amount matches that? No, not at all. It's nothing wrong with re-signing him, but $40, 50000000 million? No, I don't think Taysom Hill is worth that, but I can understand where they want to keep him.
1: And do you remember, didn't he just sign a contract extension last year? It was like a four-year 160 or 150 that he signed don't last year. I remember his
0: contract last year.
1: Yeah, bro, he signed one. But I think it was like a voidable contract. It was a weird-ass mm. contract situation, bro. But it was Taysom Hill contract voidable. Let me look it up real quick. But it was, it was weird, the contract that he signed. Yep, he did. So uh, it said, the Saints are restructuring Taysom Hill's contract to create cap space. The details are great. It's a four-year, $140 million contract extension, but all years are voidable, and it's a mechanism to free up cap space this year, blah, 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 blah. Mm. But yeah, so I guess they just voided that whole entire contract. They were yeah. like, we're not paying you this, because I think that was if he was going to be like a starting quarterback. So they was like, you ain't the starting quarterback. Void all of that shit. Let's start yeah. this new contract. <laughs> so I guess that's what happened with the shit. But um, I got the bills, though. I got the bills over the Saints for sure. All right. Moving forward, we got the Bucks versus the Colts.
0: Uh, Bucks.
1: I got the Bucks. Eagles versus Giants. Oh,
0: uh, I'll go Eagles.
1: Eagles. Falcons versus Jags.
0: This is a terrible situation. <laughs> I vow to never pick Atlanta ever again. But it's the Jags. <laughs> damn, bro. Okay, I'll go Atlanta.
1: Damn, Atlanta got a one point spread. That's crazy. They really think That's this, gonna be, saying, right? this <laughs> gonna be a close game. This <laughs> gonna be a close game too. It really is. Give me the Falcons, man. Tough one for sure. Give me the Falcons, Jets and Texans.
0: Uh, ooh, another trash. Um, damn. I don't even think that game is going to be on locally. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) go Jets.
1: Give me the Texans, man. They got a lot of momentum off that. My momentum after that Titans win. Uh, Panthers versus Dolphins.
0: Panthers. I hope it's the Panthers.
1: But shout out (laughs) to Cam, though. Shout out to Cam, though. Because we didn't get the dub on Saturday. He's not the
0: reason they lost either. So I don't want nobody pointing at Cam did what the fuck he was supposed to do. So I don't want nobody pointing the finger at Cam for why but them niggas lost. Look,
1: this, is, this is what I want. This is what I said last year when he played for the Patriots. I don't give a damn if that nigga loses the rest of his games. As long as he <laughs> plays well, as long as that nigga plays well, I don't give a fuck. bro. I just want him to play well and make a statement that he can still play in the league. So I don't care what happens with the team as long as he plays well. And he played great. Three touchdowns, first game back? Right, like all that bullshit.
0: I, after, I look, like after being the reason that y'all won the week before that, too, even though you didn't start, you played a huge role in how y'all won that game. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, I got, the Dolphins been playing good. I think they won three in a row, too.
0: I'm going with Cam. Fuck it. Panthers.
1: Give me the Panthers, man. That's going to be a close-ass game, too. <laughs> That's going to be a close one. You <laughs> mean the Panthers. Steelers versus Bengals.
0: Uh Bengals.
1: Yeah, give me the Bengals. Titans versus Patriots. Ooh. Ooh.
0: Patriots on a good run, but Titans got something to prove. Uh I'm gonna go Patriots.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go Patriots. Chargers versus Broncos. Mm.
0: Chargers.
1: Chargers Rams versus Packers uh, Game, of the, Game of the week That's of the week
0: I'm going to go Packers The Rams should win, but I'm going Bro, Matt
1: Stafford got to show me, bro. If Matt Stafford lays another egg this game, bro, I'm scared for the Rams, bro. If he lays another egg, I'm scared for them niggas. I'm going to go with the Rams, bro. Uh, He has to win. OBJ should be playing way more, too. So give me the Rams. Give me the Rams. The Rams should win,
0: but I'm going with the Packers.
1: (laughs) Vikings versus 49ers. Vikings. Damn. This is going to be a fight for the playoff spot. both teams, five and five.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yikes. It's going to be a close one, too, bro. Damn. Oh, shit. Give me the Niners. Damn, give me the Niners, bro. That's tough. <laughs> Damn, that's tough. Damn, Browns versus Ravens. 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 Uh, seahawks versus washington 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 and if y'all have been keeping up with the uh picks of the week i think i'm up by two games on egger egger went 11 and 4 this week i went eight and seven black went seven and eight so that nigga egger creeping up on me man i gotta get some dubs <laughs> this week man i gotta get some dubs i, I just right.
0: need one more week like this I'm past week and i'm in there
1: and <laughs> nigga, on my all it ass, take man. is one on week ass. all it take is one week picks, man. i've been off of my shit but let's move forward with the uh, college football playoff ranking. So they did come out this week, and boy, we finally got some movement at the top because what we predicted was going to happen. Oregon got their ass thumped against them <laughs> Utah this past week. I think it was like thirty eight to seven. wasn't even yeah. close. This is why I was telling niggas Oregon ain't shit, man. Get them niggas up out of here, man. So Georgia is number one. Ohio State had a big win over Michigan State. Thumped them niggas too. And now CJ Stroud is at the the top of the Heisman conversation. They moved up to two. Uh or well, Alabama went to three, Cincinnati is at Cincinnati four. Is
0: four, Michigan five.
1: Yeah. Michigan and, uh, five,
0: Notre Dame six. Notre Dame six, yes.
1: And I think Oklahoma is at Oklahoma State is at seven. And they can mm-hmm. they hockey still good up there too cuz they got to play Baylor and they got to play Oklahoma so those are obviously going to be some key wins to move up. But how do you feel about Cincinnati finally getting up there in that 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 top four? And do you think they will stay there?
0: It only took the best teams to lose <laughs> multiple times to show everybody, okay, yeah, we gotta put these niggas in. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. I'm just, I'm finally uh I I can be quiet now because it's like y'all are finally doing what's right and putting an undefeated team that has proven to y'all they could be up there in the college football playoff top four right now. So I'm gonna shut up. As long as Cincinnati keep winning, y'all ain't gonna hit no more for me. I but,
1: <laughs> bro, uh, I said the like, same shit, bro. Okay, oh, as, as, as
0: far as the seeding, as far as the seeding for everything, I, I think is um accurate. Uh Alabama, they got a tough one against Auburn this week. Michigan got a tough one against uh Ohio State. That that's going to be the biggest bro, game. Bro, that's, that's what that's what I
1: wanted to talk about. Yeah, because yeah. that's the big 10 matchup of the year. Because whoever wins that game. It's going to going be going to the, the playoffs. They're going to the playoffs. Yeah. Whoever win that game is going to the playoffs. And this is going to show you a lot from Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh. You got to step up to the plate, bro. Ohio state been slapping you around for four, five years now, bro. <laughs> you got to step up to the plate. You have a, you have a college football playoff berth on the line. It's not just about pride this time, bro. Like you could actually get some shit done with this W. And you know what, bro? I'm gonna pick them. Are you taking pick- wow? That's crazy. <laughs> I'm that's a, I'm crazy. A oh my god, I'm a that's
0: crazy because literally, because p- look, bro, we have we have completely switched roles. Because weeks ago, I was the one <laughs> boosted Michigan, and you were like, it's Michigan, the niggas gonna fall. and now I'm like, no, nah, Michigan gotta prove it to me again. And you're like, I'm gonna pick these boys.
1: <laughs> I, I feel something different, man, because even though Ohio State just stuck. Michigan State handily, they just thumped them. A broke clock is right twice a day. That's going to be my reasoning because it has to It has to change, bro. I have no stats to back me up to pick Michigan other than Jim Harbaugh has to win one of these days, bro. He has to win one of these days, and I feel like Saturday is going to be the day, bro. That's going to be my reasoning, and I'm sticking to it, bro. So I'm rocking out with Michigan in this game, man.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if they win. I I got Ohio State winning, though. But if Michigan can prove my previous point that I was trying to make for a few weeks, like, if they can prove that they can actually get to the college football playoff, that will be one of uh, Jim Harbaugh's biggest accomplishments in football, period, like NFL and uh, and college. So I feel like it'll be a huge accomplishment for him. The program showing that, look, Ohio State ain't going to just smack us around for years and years in a row. I hope they put it into that Ohio State win streak, if possible. But I, I'm gonna do the logical thing and pick Ohio State <laughs> to win. So, <laughs> if logical, Michigan prove logical. me wrong, I, <laughs> Michigan prove me wrong. I won't be mad because I was on the other side 90 percent of the season anyway. But I'm picking Ohio State.
1: <laughs> man, yeah, like like I said, the times have to change, man. It, it has to change. And uh, who? Where are they playing? Are they playing at Michigan? Or at Ohio State? What are they playing?
0: Uh, good question. Let me see real quick. I yeah, believe they're playing at Michigan.
1: Hopefully, it's at Michigan. I'll feel a little bit better.
0: They are playing at, yep, at Michigan.
1: They're playing at Michigan, bro. Mm-hmm. The time is now. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. The time is now because even though Michigan is having a great season, only losing one game to Michigan State, like this, this, this game means everything to the hardball. I would still feel like they would high key still fire him if he does not be Ohio State. Like it oh, means yeah. that much to beat them. Like you can still get fired, even with this good season, bro. So I'm telling you, man, Harbaugh gotta get it done, bro. Harbaugh has to get it done.
0: And but and I, that's okay. that's why uh do you have do you have anything on Florida coming up?
1: Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead with the Florida point.
0: I I was gonna say, um, just to segue into Florida firing Dan Mullen, like I was trying to make a case to some of my friends and just some some people in general on the TL that look, like College football is a lot like the NFL when it comes to winning programs and winning teams. Like You don't get that long of an opportunity to make a turnaround in these programs that are used to winning. Jim Harbaugh only probably is getting as long of an extent as he is because he's Jim Harbaugh. And it's like he has such a big NFL reputation and it's kind of it's kind of a situation where it's like okay we're we're going to put faith in this longer than what we normally would but when it comes to the Dan Mullen situation with UF UF has not won anything since Tim Tebow and we are used to winning as a Florida Gator program the Gator oh, standard as we all as far as like far you said, as we like, haven't
1: won since Tebow that's that's 13 years i don't think we're used to but, winning anymore
0: <laughs> but, but I'm saying, like, that, that that's the culture we come from, you feel me? So it's like, it's a situation where we haven't won in so fucking long, and it's like we're trying to get back on the road to winning, so we're not going to give a coach five-plus seasons to, like, get it right. You either finna get it right within the three to four seasons that we'll hire you for, or you got to go. And I'm not upset that in um Dan Mullen's fourth season, especially the way he's dropping the ball this entire season oh, with yeah. playing – Playing with the the whole quarterback situation, like bro, you you gotta go. Dan Mullen is not a bad coach, but his time was up in Florida. It was it was time for him to go. And I got a two wild Wednesday poll for something regarding UF, but I, I'm not mad at the Dan Mullen situation. I hope he goes to a good team because he is a good coach, like I said. But Florida, we we need somebody who can turn the program around. And when I say that, I mean college football playoff turn us around.
1: And somebody made an excellent point on the T. Uh, somebody said that Dan Mullen was the best coach Florida has had since Urban Meyer. Because uh, that's that's absolutely true. He's better than Mush Champ. Yeah. He's better than all of these coaches that we've had. But he didn't make enough recruiting differences to make right. us really move forward when it came to college football playoff chances. He didn't fix the quarterback position. Once again, like he got trash. So trash was good for that one season. But When it comes to after Trask or before Trask, it was like we didn't have anything at that quarterback position and our defense became worse when he got in there. So it's like our defense was always good when we had these defensive coaches. You come in, our offense is solid, but our defense is back to being mid once again. So it's like we have to have a coach that knows both sides of the ball, bro, that knows how to, to coach both sides of the ball. We can't have these defensive coordinators come in or these offensive, uh, offensive coordinators come in because they're too one-sided. You have to have a coach with head coaching experience come into UF, bro, to fix this program. Because you bringing in defensive coaches is not going to work because our offense is going to be ass. And if you bring in an offensive coordinator, our, defense gonna be, our offense is going to be good, but the defense is going to be mid. I've seen it already. We have to have somebody like a head coach come in, bro. And I'm hearing that they're thinking about bringing in old boy from Cincinnati. I wouldn't be mad at it. But like I said, he's more of a defensive coach. So our defense is going to be good. But what are we going to get with the offense once again? like I think we should go with somebody with head coaching experience, bro. I'm just going to say it like
0: that. But but do you think we're in a situation where I, I wouldn't be mad if we got a defensive coach just because first off it could put us back in the conversation of DBU. We may never have been the number one school when it comes to DBU talk, but UF used to be a school where it's like LSU, Florida state, florida and maybe uh like one other uh alabama obviously and maybe one or two other schools you would look at and be like yeah they got an argument for dbu if we can create that culture again at florida i feel every other offensive position would be a little bit easier to recruit for because if you can have a top tier defense the offense ain't gotta be crazy yes obviously you want to still but that's been what they've been saying
1: for all of this time though bro Every time we bring in a defensive coach, it's that same reasoning of, "Oh, well, everything going to come together on offense. And it never comes together on offense, bro. When Muschamp was there, Muschamp was great on defense. Muschamp was a hell of a coach on defense. Our offense was ass, bro. So it's like everybody has that type of reason. That's why I think we have to have a coach with, like, experience on both sides, bro. Because we've tried both of them. We tried the offensive coordinators. We tried the defensive coordinators. And both of them have failed for Florida at this point, bro. We have to have somebody with some head coaches. I'm hearing about Chris Peterson. From Boise State, we might get some NFL coaches uh, are being talked about at Florida. But, man, I don't know, man. It, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. But uh going back to the damn Mullen point of I think he had to be fired by. When we almost lost to Sanford, bro, I was just like, yeah. okay. <laughs> like, I'll it, it, it was, to- <laughs> okay. All the other games, I can make excuses for Dan, bro. But <laughs> when I seen that, it, 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 we almost lost to Sanford. It was like something's going on inside of that locker room. Maybe he lost the locker room. I don't know. And then you get you lay an egg against Missouri like that like we never lose to Missouri, bro. We never lose. So if you 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 have those games back to back which is like you high key got to fire damn, bro. Like it, it was really like there for the taking. So and, I wasn't and that's mad at why it.
0: when I that's why when I asked that question a few weeks ago, I think it was that was like damn near a month ago when I asked that question like is damn Mullen on the hot seat? It was a lot of people telling me like, "Nah, bro, you can't fire him yet." like he he's turned this program um he's turned this program around and like we're we're a winning culture again it's like okay we're winning games but are we getting ourselves to a, a elevated status of UF is the shit again for real like are are we really getting to that status because we've just turned into a, a team that we automatically got a lot for a bowl game and we we have a decent record you know i, I think we've turned into that but Dan Mullen was supposed to be the guy to give us that push to put UF on the map when it comes to playoff contention, which we did, uh, last season, last season, we had an argument for it. We just went to bed in like the last three games or so. And that was, that wasn't even just on Dan Mullen specifically. It was the team as well. But you know, you, you, you have four seasons and two out of those four seasons, I'm looking like what the fuck, like the first two seasons when he got there, it's like, okay, Great first season, even better second season. Third season, we got to push for the playoff, and it just ends terribly. And then this whole season has just been a fucking catastrophe. So I I have to say it's a 50-50 with Dan Mullen, and we can't do 50-50 with coaches right now.
1: But I would say this about Florida. I would think that we got to slow down or lower, not lower our expectations, man, but be more realistic of what we have to deal with with the SEC, bro. Like, we got to play Alabama once every three years. We got to play Georgia every year. Like, we going to have some L's, bro. Like, it's some tough game. It's a tough game every week. So when we get a coach that has us at 11-2, and two, I'm not going to be mad, bro, because I guess that's what I'm just accustomed to at this point, bro. I guess that's what we've just been so used to, that that has been more realistic to me than the championship goals that have been set earlier in the 2000s and stuff like that. I think that is more realistic. So I don't know what has to change completely for us to get back up there, but I would have more realistic expectations, bro. Damn, what's it's going to take to get back to that point. More so than, oh, we get this new coach. Oh, we got to be in the championship. We got to be in the championship by year three. It's like, let's slow down. Let this nigga recruit and get the player that he needs to recruit. We got to put the pressure on the coach to get that quarterback position right ASAP. That's the... If we get that quarterback position right, bro, I'll be fine with everything else because that's when everything comes together, when you got that quarterback. We looked so good last year when we had trash because that we had the quarterback and everything came together until end of the season when we dropped the fucking ball. But we had the quarterback. But as long as we got the quarterback, I'm going to be straight because that's the position that matters, bro, especially in the SEC with all those great defenses. You need a quarterback. Right. That's how, why we haven't won since Tebow. That's why we haven't done anything since Urban Meyer. The quarterback position, bro. John Brantley, Luke Del Rio, the niggas we fucking with. What? We got to get a quarterback. If we get that, we're going to be fine at Florida, bro. But that's what we got to recruit. We got to get some five star quarterbacks, bro. We can't be coming in with these four star niggas that be be mid when they come to school. We need some highly recruited niggas, bro.
0: But anything. I agree. I agree.
1: All right, man, and uh, I think we already talked about the Big Ten. We already talked about college football playoff. Let's look forward to the uh, college football week thirteen preview, man. Who playing this week? Other than Ohio State, Michigan,
0: uh, Alabama and Auburn playing this week. Uh, who else? Who else?
1: Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. That's gonna be a good one. Ten versus seven. Like I like I talked about with uh, Oklahoma State, they can still get in there because they might have. They got to play Oklahoma. And they most likely have to play Baylor next week, who is number eight in the rankings. They still have an opportunity if things fall their way.
0: Uh, Damn, who else? Everybody else like a landslide, yeah. really. Uh, Penn State everybody and Michigan State. Everybody playing their school,
1: their rival school. Everybody playing yeah, their rival. North it, Carolina, North Carolina, Robert, Carolina State, Georgia, Georgia State. It's rivalry. Yeah. Niggas is playing this, yeah. Michigan State, Penn State. Yeah. Everybody playing in rival school. But so who you have yeah. in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State?
0: Uh Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Where you see that at? For Saturday?
1: Yeah, Saturday, 7
0: 30. Oh, okay. My bad, my bad. Uh I got Oklahoma State. I feel like they'll pull through and make that continue making that push for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I got Oklahoma State, man. I, I don't haven't looked, I haven't liked how Oklahoma has been looking. I would have Alabama in that Auburn game, but not as much as I see by the spread. I see the spread is damn near 20. They're not gonna win by 20. Yeah, they're, they're gonna not be a closer game 20. than that. Yeah. But they let's should look forward. With,
0: by 20, but. <laughs> yeah,
1: but but let's look forward with Alabama, bro, because we know what's gonna happen with Oklahoma uh, Alabama next week. They gotta play Georgia, they gotta see him, and that's gonna be the game of the year one one versus three at this point. But how do you think that game will shake out, bro? Do you think that Alabama has enough to compete with Georgia?
0: They have enough to compete, but I don't think they have enough to push through. Georgia's defense is they got and I'm not just saying this cuz it's the the mascot, but they got some dogs on defense, bro. Like Bryce Young is going to have a headache against the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm telling y'all right now. So all you Alabama fans, let's talk about we for to clap that shit and Georgia finna get shut down. Oh the fuck, hey. y'all better hope y'all can score over 21 on these niggas for real.
1: It's going to be tough, bro. It's going to be tough. But like I said uh, last week, man, this uh, this Alabama team has looked way more beatable than we've seen in past seasons. The defense isn't as good. I think the offense is fine. They're, they're just as explosive. But defensively, they're not like we've seen in past seasons, bro. And who would you have for the Heisman at this point? I would pick Georgia. But who would you have for Heisman right now? Because I feel like it's still really up in the air for Heisman, bro. And we're damn near two weeks away.
0: I know Michigan State just got clapped, but Kenneth Walker, I feel, should still be in the conversation at least. Um, Ohio State's quarterback, what's his name? Uh, C.J.
1: Stroud.
0: Yeah, C.J. Stroud. Those would probably be my, my two biggest picks at this point.
1: And it's crazy because Stroud, like, was quiet as hell this whole year because he was struggling at uh, certain parts throughout the season. But now he's really starting to come on in his last three weeks and he's really starting to build up his case. Um, I think Bryce Young has been the most consistent person throughout this whole season. Like he's a freshman playing the way he's playing. He's not the reason I feel like Alabama lost that game against Texas a and I probably would still give it to Bryce Young but I know that the, the media and everybody is really rolling with C.J. Stroud. I still would give it to, to Bryce Young, though. He's the most impressive quarterback I've seen throughout this season. I've seen ups and downs from C.J. Stroud, but he's coming on late. This whole season, I've seen nothing but good things from Bryce Young, bro. So, And he's only a freshman doing this shit, which makes it yep. even wilder, bro, that we got to see this nigga for two more years. So, man, <laughs> I, I, would, I, I would definitely say Bryce Young is my husband at this point for sure. But it's it's still up in the air because anybody can have a great game this week, and it's like yeah. damn, they can be in that conversation, like real deal. And like, it, it's, it's rivalry so week,
0: yeah, it's rivalry week. This is real deal. Crunch time for who gonna make the playoffs. Like this, this is really where your Heisman case is gonna be made this weekend,
1: literally. All right, man, let's move on to some NBA talk. First, we have to talk about the, the brawl <laughs> and <laughs> with the Pistons, bro, because that obviously was the talk of the town. Isaiah Stewart and Bron had gotten into a little altercation. Bron pieced that nigga up. That shit was crazy. as fuck. Like, got that nigga leaking. And then the whole brawl ensued after that. It was really Isaiah Stewart versus everybody. Legit, he was running over his own team. That shit was so crazy, bro. But how did you feel about that entire situation? Both players ended up getting suspended
0: uh i'm not mad at the the punishment i think they both should have been suspended uh braun is not a dirty player but that was a dirty play i feel like every player has a play in their career where it's like come on now like you know what you was doing and i know lebron like when you're when you're getting ready to rebound for a free throw everybody's arms are flailing but you knew what dude face was like you knew what you were doing so i'm not mad that braun was uh ejected and suspended for a game but Isaiah Stewart Isaiah Stewart has to understand that the NBA has an image to uphold and that's really the reason why he got that extra game more than LeBron if he would have just ran up on Bron and like one or two times tried to go at him and then left he probably would have only got one game but the fact that It took multiple referees and coaching staff members to walk you off. And you kept trying to run around everybody. And like you were just causing a scene and you were real deal trying to fight this man and he's not trying to fight you back. Bro, you're you're gonna get suspended more than one game at that point because the NBA is trying to press upon everybody, they're not gonna allow this. They've suspended people for way less. So I knew once I seen that they were gonna suspend him multiple games. My dad trying to tell me, you know, no Bron should be suspended just as long or longer because you don't hit somebody like that and leave them bleeding and stuff, and he shouldn't be suspended that long. I'm like, Dad, no, it's about the image. The fact that LeBron didn't do anything after that, that's the only reason he got one game. Because he was gonna get a game for hitting him in the face and making him bleed. But if Bron would have acted crazy with him, Bron would have got multiple games. But Bron understood. Look, like I'm the face of the league. I need to chill. Ain't shit gonna happen to me anyway. Let me just calm the fuck down. Isaiah Stewart is like, no, I don't give a fuck. I I just want to beat this nigga ass.
1: (laughs) For real, bro. Isaiah Stewart needed to, bro. I feel like I, I wasn't surprised, but I was honestly surprised they suspended Bron because of the situation that was in place of his next game was against the knicks the only time that Bron goes to new york is one time a year so and that was that next game for Bron. so i was like are they going to suspend him in one of the biggest games of the year at madison square garden are they going to be bold enough to suspend him obviously we all we know the revenue that's going to be made off that game so when they yeah. suspended him for that that's what really made me surprised did he deserve the suspension yes But I didn't know if the NBA was gonna take that step because all the revenue that would be lost with him not playing at MSG. So I was definitely surprised by for from that perspective. But Isaiah Stewart was just way too wild, my nigga. He was wild as hell. But I respected it though because he didn't do no slick shit, bro. Like Jokic bitch ass did. He went up to that nigga Braun face, bro, and then he really tried to do some shit, man. So I respected what he did. I didn't respect what uh, Jokic did. I'm still on that shit because my nigga, it's funny as hell because nobody talking about it. But my nigga Morris is still out. He's still not good from that shit. So and, and everybody just done moved on from the situation. My nigga Morris still has a neck injury. That nigga Jokic dirty as hell, bro. I'm still not over. That shit, <laughs> I'm still not but, over that shit, dog.
0: But when it comes to Isaiah Stewart, bro, I feel like first off. I totally agree with Gilbert Arenas because Gilbert Arenas came out and he gave his long paragraph on who you are and who you aren't you supposed to go at in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you're going to hit LeBron or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry, you you have to do it the moment you're in front of them because if you allow any time for people to get in between y'all, they're not going to let you touch these people. If Isaiah Stewart really wanted to hit Braun in his shit, he should have did it the moment he got up and when he got in his face. Because once I seen that, I was like, oh, shit, he going to hit him. And then when he did it and everybody got in between, I was like, ain't nobody going to touch Braun at this point. Like, they're not going to let you touch Braun unless you're in a situation where you have that exact moment in front of you and he didn't take it. So when it comes to KD, Bron, and Curry, I need y'all players to understand, if you want to hit them, you better do it immediately because once the referees <laughs> get involved, you're not touching this people, these people at all.
1: It's crazy because if you were to touch Bron, we might have not seen that Isaiah. Oh he, again. He,
0: he.
1: Yeah, he we want to see this game again, bro.
0: He would have had 10 games off real. <laughs> actually, do it. don't don't come back until all-star break. Like and that's what I'm saying, bro. That,
1: that nigga would have been gone for if you touch Braun, you hit Braun. Oh bro. We wouldn't have seen that nigga, bro. We would to have seen we, that. We would have seen this thing in the China the next time we would have seen that nigga, bro. <laughs> and we know
0: Braun, Braun would have made a whole scene. <laughs> Braun would've probably acted like he was not that for real. Like Braun would have right. real oh my gosh. That would have been <laughs> hilarious.
1: We would have yeah, been man. we would have seen
0: every major sports show talk about that. Like the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation. Mm-hmm. How they talked about that for like a month or two straight, that it would have been that exact same situation.
1: But it's crazy because this was the first time where I actually had a feeling that something could go down. We already know with the NBA, a lot of the tough guys, they all try to get in each other faces. but <laughs> them niggas not going to, there ain't anybody no action. But this was the first, I was like, this nigga really trying to do some shit. You know, he could have hit LeBron, like you said, he could have hit Braun when he first got up, but that nigga was an animal. Like he, he scares me for real. Like if I, if I play with this nigga. He, He's six ten 260 270
0: like people was real they're trying to stop him and he's bulldozing through <laughs> everybody that's why I'm telling my dad I'm like dad no they 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 have to suspend him you can't allow somebody to act like that in the NBA on live national TV on a and you're the only game on TV the NBA not going allow that dad like no like he has to get suspended multiple games just because he acting an ass
1: man that shit was crazy bro Isaiah and, and Stewart, it was a few
0: man. It was a few days after the um uh anniversary of the Malice at the Palace. I was like, yeah, they they got a them. <laughs> they <gotta suspend> them. <laughs> the energy I didn't like how was trying to
1: compare right this shit, though, bro. I didn't like how oh, people no, were trying no. to compare this. I didn't like it that shit at all, bro. I didn't like that shit. It, it, it was just, like Malice at the Palace Part Two. Fuck no.
0: <laughs> nah, it, it was just the fact that it happened days after the anniversary. Like, <laughs> that shit it was crazy, like you chose man. the wrong time to act like this. Like,
1: <laughs> Oh, man, but Bron bro, bro got some strong ass. Because he, re- it didn't look like he hit that nigga that hard, and he was leaking, like, for real, like, coming down the face like that. Bron, man, strong as
0: fuck. And that's that's why Stephen A. came on TV, and he was like, I need y'all to understand, for those of y'all saying LeBron was scared, and that's why he didn't want to fight. LeBron is 6'9", 250, and arguably still one of the strongest players in the NBA. Like, I don't think anybody want to box with Braun for it. And I feel like Braun knows that. Like, I feel like Braun knows, like, if I hit one of these niggas, like, I'm probably (laughs) (laughs) going to get suspended for half of the season because the damage I'm going to do to one of these niggas.
1: so because yeah, he like he backhanded that nigga bro and it was like yes. that nigga was laking bro but now nah, Braun should have ran that nigga fade though for real for real like you can't you just can't I, nah, I, tw- I posted this you just can't punch me bro and just back off like you ain't do no shit bro no nah, nah, you gotta run the fade with me my nigga we gotta really set up we gotta square up my nigga we gotta box my nigga he deserved to run the fade with him bro at least bro that's that's the only thing that annoyed me about Braun, my nigga if you hit me like that we got to run some fade action, bro. My nigga Russ was trying to run the fade. I'm like, hey, Russ, get your ass out of here. Yeah, get your ass out of here. Russ, get your ass out of here, man. We want to see
0: hey, my boy, the fade. My boy had the YI on <laughs>
1: <laughs> That shit was easy, man. But uh, all right, man, let's move on to the next topic with the NBA. Uh, Will this year be different for the Mavs? So the Mavs have come off. They came up to a good start earlier in the season. Luca hasn't played the last few games, so they've been losing a, a few without Luca. But I asked this question because Chris Porzingis has been playing excellent, bro. And he's going back to the, the, the Porzingis that we've seen in New York when he was an all-star Porzingis. He's blocking shots. He's in the paint. Not every shot is a three. So when I see this Porzingis, I'm like, whoa. The duo of Luca and Porzingis really can come into fruition at this point and can really make some headway come playoff time. With if Porzingis plays this, continues to play this way, if Luca when Luca comes back. So, do you think Dallas? It will be a different story for uh, Dallas this season.
0: Uh, well, when you say a different story, do you mean like as far as them like getting to the the finals, or yeah, like
1: deeper, deeper run in the playoffs? Because last year there was a first round exit.
0: Right as of right now, I say they have the third best chance in the West to get to the um to at least get to the uh western conference finals. If I had to go in order, I would say right now the Warriors at one, the Suns at two, and the Mavs at three for the three best teams I feel are in the West. So the way Porzingis is playing, I I totally agree. Once Luka comes back. I feel like it's the flow is still going to keep going. Yes, Luca will be more ball dominant when he comes back because that's his way of playing. But Porzingis is showing a lot more uh, growth in his game to your point of playing more in the paint, just not shooting as many threes, like really using his size to his advantage. So I feel like that could be trouble for the Warriors later down the line. And if they were to meet in the Western Conference Finals, I would still pick the Warriors to win, but it would be a phenomenal series. So I definitely think the Mavs, uh, can have a different outcome than last season and the season prior.
1: Because Porzingis is still a unicorn, but he just didn't use all of his unicorn abilities because all he was doing right. was shooting the three ball. But if he's going to use his whole arsenal of ability, it's like, oh, wow, we, we can really see something. Like We can really do something with Luka and his clutch ability and how we already know what we're going to get from him. If Porzingis gives us like, New York Porzingis? That, that's scary, bro. That's very yeah. scary. So let's go through the last, what is this, seven games for Porzingis? He's put up 22 and 12, 32 and 7, 29 and 11, 21, 8 and 7, 23 and 12, and 25 and 12. Like I said, most of those games are without Luca, but the first few that I read off are with Luca. So he's having these type of games with Luca as well. So they're, they're really, I think I put it on Jason Kidd. He's really telling uh, Porzingis, like, get in the paint, bro. You seven foot. Mm-hmm. You got to get in the pay. Give me something right. and get just have that be a threat in your game. So I got to give Jason Kidd that credit because last year it was all threes. But I think we're going to see a, a deeper run for the Mavs this season. Will it be finals? No, because I think the, the Warriors already got that shit unlocked for the West. But it's going, they're going to have more success with him playing this week. Ugh. Who would I put in front? Oh, the, the Suns. Damn, the Suns gonna be right there with them. Though.
0: That's why I say Warriors, Suns, and uh, Mavs. Those are my yeah. top in order. Those are my top three teams in the West.
1: And and I think I, th- I give Jason Kidd this credit too because I tweeted this Jalen Brunson is the perfect complement to Luka Doncic. He's somebody who doesn't need the ball at all times, but when he gets the ball, he's effective, he's efficient, and he can really get everybody involved, and he can play that two-man ball while Luca stands in the corner. That's the mm-hmm. perfect complement to what Luca needs, bro. So every time when Brunson and Luka play together, that shit looks seamless. The, that, that lineup, when it's Porzingis, Brunson, and Luka Doncic, that has to be one of their best lineups, bro, because it's so easy. The scoring just moves, and it, it just isn't all on Luca now. Luca can stand in the corner for most of, for most of the possession, and Jalen Brunson making uh, going through the action and he getting up shots. I think playing him way more minutes this season is going to pay a role as well, and that's another reason why I think this team can go deeper than they have been in past seasons with him getting more playing time. Like I said, second round at at least second round for the for the Mavs. I feel like, but possibly more. Depending, I got to see more, but definitely second round for the Mavs this year from what I'm seeing. And last topic for the NBA is the Kings just fired Luke Walton. Once again, another coach goes down the hole in (laughs) Sacramento. So the question that remains is, is it time to blow up the whole thing in Sacramento, man? You have good players. You trade them. You traded DeMarcus Cousins in the middle of his prime. Uh, You got De'Aaron Fox at this moment. You got Tyrese Halliburton. But is it time to just blow it up and just start over with a rebuild? Because when are thing is going to change with the Kings?
0: Man, should the Kings even still be a damn team anymore? <laughs> 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 I'm only saying that because damn, that'll make it 29 teams instead of 30. Damn, so the Kings have to stay here. Uh, <laughs> um, I I don't know, bro. I don't know the answer. The the team the the, uh, the Sacramento Kings cannot market themselves to attract any big players. They're banking on just building through the draft, and it's not always going to work like that because you're not going to hit on every single draft pick that you get. Yes, you're going to have one to two, maybe three, throughout a span of three to four uh, uh, drafts, but I don't think you can bank on that to really get you where you want to go as far as like becoming a mid-tier team again and, like, really posing a threat when it comes to close games. So I feel the Kings, they have to work on their marketing, bro, to try and get at least one big-name player to come there because until you can get a veteran that really wants to come there and play, I I don't think the Kings are going to have any luck in the future, no matter who the coach is, no matter who they keep drafting, because eventually they're going to have to keep trading these people because they're not going to want to stay here for long like i don't see De'Aaron fox staying there long at the fuck all within the next season or two or whenever his contract comes or whatever the way he can either force a trade or just walk off in free agency De'Aaron fox will not stay uh sacramento king i will be very surprised if that happens
1: and this is this is what they need they need a player like Cade, bro They need a player that can turn their culture around. That's what they need. Like De'Aaron Fox is a good player, but he's not a culture changer, bro. They need somebody that needs to change the culture. I don't even think it's like the marketing because you can't change where you're at. You know what I'm saying? Especially compared to L.A. and things like that. They just have to change their culture and they have to start winning more. And that has to come through the draft because I don't think that's going to happen. Until you start to win, I don't think people are going to want to come in free agency until you start to win. I think they have to trade away De'Aaron Fox. Unfortunately, I like De'Aaron Fox, but I think they have to trade away De'Aaron Fox to hit on one of these top prospects coming out so they can actually hit on a culture changer. That's what they need, bro. Because the the Kings, the they've had good coaches, they've had bad coaches. That shit really don't matter at the end of the day. That's it, what comes I say, down it, to it don't players. matter. Yep. It don't matter. It comes down to the players that you have, bro, and they need a culture changer. And they haven't had one since Chris Webber was probably the last time they had a, a real culture changer on the team. They need a player like that one of the that can be the, one of the best players in the NBA types, and it can only come through the draft. So if you have to trade your best players to get a high draft pick or something like that, you have to do it, bro. So that's why I'm saying I think they have to blow it up. Blow it all up, trade everybody on the goddamn team so you can have more of a chance to get a culture changer.
0: But what would have to – uh, other than the culture changer point that you just made, I, I feel like there has to be something else to blowing it up again, though, bro, because what, what if that is what they're trying to do? Like, with each of the last three or four big picks we've seen them have, like, what if, like, each time they say the same thing? We're trying to get somebody to change the culture. Okay, it didn't work. They're good, but it didn't work. We're trying to get somebody else to change culture, like what if, like, this is like the third or fourth time of them trying to do that? What has to be different with this, um, upcoming draft in 2022?
1: Obviously, I think there are some better players, but the thing about the Kings, they're ne- they're they're bad, but they're not like bottom of the draft bad at, at times. And one of the things that killed them is they don't pick the right people, they pick Marvin Bagley Jr. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna despise them for it because i agree with the pick at the time but they picked marvin bagley jr in a draft where it was luka Doncic, it was deandre and it was trey young all got picked in the top five and you pick marvin bagley who is the worst out of the top five that's the problem with the kings when you have the picks you don't pick the right people you could have had luca you could have had any of these niggas but like i said i'm not going to despise them because at the time marvin bagley was that nigga. and even going back years and years they haven't made the right picks you can go back to ben Mclemore. all of these players they probably thought Jimmer for they thought was going to be good but they were not those type of players they got to change things when it comes to their scouting department and really hit on somebody that they know is going to be it like i know he's going to be a coach changer. maybe that has to be the number one pick where we know for sure he's going to be it but i think that's the problem bro they got to pick the correct people when they get these opportunities So even if they trade all of these players away, you still have to pick the right people because you can still pick high and not pick the right people like we've seen with them. But you got to pick the right people. You got to pick the culture changes, bro. You got to.
0: And I hate the fact that, to your point, I hate the fact that they're a team that is never bottom of the barrel, but they're never mid-tier either. It's like they're always in a position where they're They're good enough to not get the top pick, but they're trash at the same time. And I think that's a terrible position to be in because if you're bottom of the barrel, we know literally like all it's going to take is a few good picks and for the most part, you probably already have a decent coach. It's just you're going through a rebuild. Like with the Cavs, the Cavs are in playoff contention right now if the playoffs were to start today. The Cavs were just in a situation where it's like we're post-LeBron again and we're trying to figure out who we're going to build around for the next few years to like really get ourselves back in a mid-tier playoff contention. So unless you're a team like that or the Knicks, the Knicks have completely turned around into a playoff caliber team now after being bottom of the barrel the last two years. The Kings have always been like, uh, they're like two or three spots ahead of being bottom of the barrel, which leaves them from getting the top pick. But at the same time, it's like they're never going to get anywhere higher than 12 or 13 when it comes to the uh, conference seating.
1: Yeah, man, the shit crazy. But because we've seen what happened with the Grizzlies, bro. The Grizzlies brought in John Morant. John Morant turned around that entire franchise because he's a culture changer, bro. If you if you get a top pick, you got to hit. And if you hit on a culture changer, that can change your entire franchise, bro. So that's what they need, bro. And I don't think De'Aaron Fox is the the culture changer that would turn around the franchise. But uh, let's move on to the top five power rankings in the NBA. Who you got for your top five?
0: Uh, top five, I would say the Warriors at one, Suns at two, uh, Heat at three, Mavs at four, and at five, I'll go. I'll go Wizards at five. So just to say it again, I'll go Warriors, Suns, Heat, Mavs, and uh, Wizards.
1: Yeah, I got Warriors, Suns. I still like us over the Nets, man. It's crazy. And we play the Bulls on Friday, so that's going to tell me a lot of where they stand. Hopefully, both teams are healthy by that time. But um, I will have the Bulls for now above the Heat. I will have the Bulls, Heat, then Nets. So that would be Warriors, Suns, Bulls, Heat, Nets. All right, man. And let's move forward to Two Wild Wednesday, man. What you got for Two Wild Wednesday?
0: Uh first one for me uh Cam Newton will lead the Panthers to an upset playoff win, too wild or not too wild?
1: Too wild because I don't know if they're making the playoffs. I doubt they make the playoffs. They needed that W against what's name If they were really going to make the playoff run, they needed that W against Washington, bro. And so I don't think they make the playoffs no more. It's still a possibility, right. but I don't think they make it.
0: I agree. You got to play the Bucs to end out the season. You got to play the Saints, I think, one more time to end out the season. A lot of tough divisional games in the NFC South. Uh, I love Cam, but I don't think he's going to be able to just pull them out of the mud like that. And I think we said it a week or two ago, we shouldn't put that expectation on him anyway. We want him, excuse me, we want him to play well, obviously, but just play your game. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. It's not your fault. We're not looking at you, Cam, to be the savior. So I agree. Too wild.
1: Factual, factual. Do another one. Do another one.
0: Uh, It's time for the Gators to hire a black coach. Too wild or not too wild.
1: Mm. I, I wouldn't be mad at it. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't really look at race as the, the thing, though, that really turn around. But like I said, if it's a, a B be enemy or some shit like that, then I would be like, okay, I'm I'm on it. But I don't, I'm not really too too big on it. You know what I'm saying on race as a, a thing. I would like it, but I'm not. I'm not. It's not a, a make or break for me.
0: I I say not too wild, just off of the fact of if you want to change the culture of UF when it comes to recruiting. As great as these previous coaches were, Dan Mullen, uh, Muschamp, and the, and the other coaches that who had their opportunity, I feel what better way to set the standard of we're changing things than getting a black coach. I feel like getting a black coach like uh, Charlie Strong, a great defensive mind coach, I understand you were saying how that could be a, a fault. But I, I think a good coach like Charlie Strong or Eric Bienemy or any of these other black coaches who have NFL experience now along with college experience, I feel could do a great job at Florida when it comes to recruiting defensively or getting that quarterback if you are Eric Bienemy and take the Florida job. So UF, I, I know a lot of people might be shocked if they were to hire a black coach because it's like it's been white coach ran for So long, basically forever. But I feel like it's the move you should make if you really want to get a lot of these top recruits to come to you, because I feel in the SEC, to my point that I made earlier, you you have to make a change soon. You can't be a top program, especially in the best conference in college football and not make a change within two to three seasons. like it, It's getting to that point where people are looking at you crazy like that because Mel Tucker with Michigan State in the Big Ten, this is only, what, his second season? And they were making a push for the college football playoffs. If they didn't have that uh, terrible game against Ohio State, we would still be talking about them possibly being in the playoffs. So it's, it's not impossible. If you can do it in the Big Ten, I'm damn sure you can do it in the SEC as long as you recruit the right way. So I think Eric Enemy or Charlie Strong will be a great candidate for the uh UF hiring position.
1: Charlie Strong? Didn't we already have Charlie Strong? <laughs> I thought we already hired Charlie Strong before as a head coach. You want a head coach? Bro? You talking about he had, he at USF still? No, nah, he had,
0: um he's he's a assistant coach at Jacksonville right now for the Jaguars.
1: Oh, he's in the NFL. Oh, yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. Even know that. Oh, I uh, didn't even to know that with that nigga. A, yeah, no, I, I was like, damn! I thought he was still at USF. I know he no, was at no. USF at one point. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I wouldn't be mad at it, but I don't know how many male Tucker's are really out there for the taking, bro. Like male Tucker was a coach that was really like, really sought after when he came out of uh, damn, where was that nigga out of? Damn, I forgot where he was at before he went to uh, Michigan State. But he was really sought after after that, bro. So I don't know how many black coaches are really like on the market like that, other than me. But I know B Enemy like, niggas is going to throw that bag at B Enemy, So I don't know how available he really is. And other than him, like, at this moment, I don't know who else Black is in the running. You know what I'm saying? To be in that conversation. So I'm not really informed on that topic like that. But I would like I would like to see it, but that's not a make or break for me. All right, man, moving forward. I got Gonzaga will win the NCAA tournament this season. Too wild or not too wild.
0: It's crazy. I ain't even watched that so much basketball recently for college, uh, cause I've been doing so many SPC games. But uh, I say not too wild. It's Gonzaga, so I'll go with the name at this point. But you can go ahead and make a case on why.
1: Nah, because <laughs> it's funny because they're it's, it's one versus two at the moment right there. They're, they're playing right now Gonzaga and UCLA. And Gonzaga is like busting them niggas down, <laughs> busting them <laughs> niggas down at the at the moment, bro. And I said this last year, I was supposed to make a video on it, but I really think Gonzaga is a better team than last year. And they lost like Jalen Suggs, they lost Kisper. They like they lost NBA players, but I think they really replenished the, the talent, bro. You got Chet Holmgren, you got Drew Timmy, and Drew Timmy is really taking a step up even from last season. He's really the best player in college basketball. And when you have that on your team, it already gives you an edge. And with the young Bulls that they have on their team, they still got hard. They brought in a few like veteran recruits. So they got that good mix of youth and the vets that have been there before. A lot of people that were on the team last year that went to the championship are still on the team. I haven't seen a better team in college basketball right now. But I'm going to tell you who's second in my opinion, bro. Purdue. I watched Purdue. Yeah, over I heard the Purdue weekend.
0: been snapping.
1: <laughs> I watched Purdue over the weekend and they played they played they played Villanova. They played Villanova yep. and uh UNC the games I had watched. And they got that young, they got some old not old dude, but he like seven three. He's tall as shit. They was throwing that shit to him. He was killing everybody <laughs> in the paint, bro. He was killing everybody. And the thing about Purdue is they have size, they have athleticism, they have shooting. They have everything that you want out of a team. They play well on defense. It's like if anybody beats Gonzaga this year, it's going to be them. It's going to be Purdue because Purdue has everything in a team, bro. They're scary. Like they can match up with Gonzaga because they got some boys for Drew Timmy. That that seven-three <laughs> nigga they got. He finna be blocking all Drew Timmy. He to be blocking all that shit. Like that seven-three nigga is crazy. I only think he a freshman or a sophomore or something like that. Mm. He's tough. He's tough. They got an NBA prospect on your team. You need NBA prospects. Uh, Jaden Ivy is, is his name. Purdue is a team to watch out for. I think they're third in the rankings right now, but they're tough. Purdue's tough.
0: I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. You got another one or you want me to go?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Uh, We already kind of talked about it before, but the Vikings are the most exciting mid-tier team in the NFL. Too wild or not too wild
1: not too wide at all man. We talked about it uh before of uh, they have everything offensively that you want and the defense is good too. When you have the best wide receiver duo, you're already in that conversation and you have the running back to add with it. It's like man, I don't I don't see a more exciting team than the Vikings, bro. It's just closing games is their problem. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, I think they had a record uh before they played the Packers this past Sunday of uh damn. I can't remember how many games it was, but there were an extent amount of games where they had the lead and just folded and lost. So (laughs) I I definitely think they're, they are the most exciting mid tier team in the NFL. When it comes to a team, you just for, for betters, they're a team where it's like, you got to really know the spread. Like you got to really know how much they are going to win or lose by to like really get your money's worth. So, I feel the Vikings are the most exciting mid-tier team. If they were to get to the playoffs, if the playoffs started today, I wouldn't be surprised if they upset a team in the first round. I really wouldn't.
1: Mm. All right. There's at least a dozen teams that can win the Super Bowl. Too wild or not too wild. Hmm. Legit contenders that can actually win the Super Bowl that you can see making a run to the Super Bowl. 12 said, teams that you I can uh, see making the Super Bowl run. You got the Chargers, I say, I the Vikings, say the Colts.
0: I got to say too wild. I, I can't sit here with a bold face and say 12. <laughs> you can push for 10, but 12? You can make God. a hard, hard push for 10, but 12? Nah, too wild.
1: Yeah, that's too wild to say. That's, that's too many, bro. That's too many. But I think, th- bro, this is one of the most wide-open years, bro, I feel yeah. like we've had in a minute, though, bro. Like I said, from the AFC, I don't think a top contender is going to come out of the AFC. I think a wild-card team is going to come out of there. And the NFC, I know we're so gung-ho on the top five like contenders that have always been up there. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if somebody sneaks up on us at all either, bro. Like I said, the Eagles have been playing well. They can sneak up in there on the back end. Like, bro, it's some team that you really gotta watch out for that can really make some runs in this in this playoff, uh, this playoff matchup. And I don't feel like it's been like that over the past years. Like, you really knew who was getting there. We knew the Chiefs was getting there, shit like that. The Bucks.
0: And and this year, I feel like an NFC team is winning the Super Bowl. I don't see any AFC team that I have a bunch of confidence in right now that I think could win the Super Bowl. Anybody that wins the uh, Super Bowl this year is gonna come from the NFC.
1: I can see, I can honestly see that, bro. Because the, the, the NFC ha- gives you the most confidence, especially on yep. both sides of the ball. Both of the, uh, sides of the ball are really consistent when it comes to the NFC. The AFC, uh, a week-to-week basis for real. <laughs> like I said, but except for the Patriots, except for the Patriots, but everybody else is like, I feel like a week-to-week basis. But uh, you got another one? Uh, no, that's it. Yeah, that's it for me too. All right, man, moving forward. Uh, let's move on to social media wants to know my question of the week has been, is Derek Carr's time up in Vegas? So we just talked about it last week, how every year they look good at the beginning of the season and they slide. And I'm starting to believe that Derek Carr could be the problem, man. Maybe they need to switch up at the quarterback position, but this just can't keep happening to the Raiders every season, bro. So do you think his his time is up?
0: I wouldn't necessarily say he's the problem but I wouldn't be upset if they wanted to move on from him and start with somebody new. So Derek Carr is, let let me go ahead and say Derek Carr can be an MVP caliber quarterback. He could be a quarterback that gets you a lot of tough, solid wins and get you to the playoffs and even possibly win a playoff game. But the fact that he hasn't been able to get over the hump in a lot of situations with the Raiders, I could understand if they make a move as an organization and say, you know what, we're just going to, Uh, we're going to draft somebody. We're going to draft somebody and just start all the way over when it comes to the quarterback position, or we're going to at least try to trade for somebody younger to come in and and take your spot. So I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Derek Carr isn't in a Raiders uniform in the near future.
1: And I I will say that things have fell apart around him, especially losing one of your best wide receivers with that whole Henry Ruggs conversation. So I know he hasn't been going through the best situation with the Raiders but he's going to get the blame for it so he's not the main problem but he's not the solution either I feel like at that quarterback position they can it's definitely an upgradable position that they can get mm-hmm. we've talked about Rodgers possibly going there and maybe they want somebody younger with more potential the they are Yeah, Derek Carr is starting to get up there in age as well, and it's just like nothing is turning around for this team. They just need a spark from that position, and Derek Carr is not it. Derek Carr, like I said before, isn't going to get you far, I don't feel like. He's not the problem, but he's not the solution. It's the same thing with, with Baker at the same time. Like You give them the perfect situation, they can make things work in the perfect situation. But if you ask them to go outside of their means, it's like, them niggas are going to struggle when they have to do too much outside of what you are asking of them. So I think that's the same situation that we're seeing with Baker as well. So I I do, I do think this is his last year in Vegas before they, they get him up out of there. And uh, another question from social media wants to know is how much should your, how much should you help your loved ones, the rich people problems?
0: Yeah. So Kevin Hart was being interviewed on Charlamagne the God's show recently and the question came up of how much do you help your family and close friends you know when you actually get rich or should you help them at all do you feel there's an obligation and Kevin Hart said you know when he was younger uh like most young people you feel the need to help people and it's hard to say no a lot of times because you feel like when it comes to your loved ones and people who helped you get where you are you feel like you have to say yes But he said, as I got older, I realized, you know, I I can say no. And it's not because I don't want to help you. It's just because I know my priorities and I know my life is my life. So I'm not upset at that. But I feel like everybody has in their head, you know, there are certain people they want to help, you know, bring along the way. Like everybody usually, for the most part, says, you know, my mom, like my mom ain't going to want for shit or, you know, you got One or two friends where it's like they ain't never going to want for shit, you know, but where where does the giving stop or should you even give at all?
1: Yeah, and, and I feel like that's that's a huge conversation, especially when you get some bread, bro. That's a huge conversation. And I feel like you got to keep it contained, bro. You can't help everybody is what yeah. I, it was some huge advice people always tell me. You can't help everybody. Like, have the priorities straight when you get the money, bro. Just know who the people that you want to help. Because if you start helping outside of your circle, I feel like that's when that's when they get the most greedy. Like the people that's in your circle, they ain't going to really want to ask you for shit, but you're going to give it to them because that's your loved ones. But the people that your fake cousins that's going to come around, niggas that come to you with business plans, those are going to be the most greediest people and try to really. Then then they're going to become your biggest haters at the same time because, oh, he ain't helping us. This, that, the third. But you really got to block that shit out at the same time, too. So keep your priorities in check. Only help your your circle, bro. You can't help everybody is my main thing.
0: <laughs> and it was a joke they were saying, too. Kevin Hart said, you know, at a point in time, I was just giving people money so they'll leave me the fuck alone." <laughs>
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of people are like that. Like, just get out of my face, bro. Like, I'm tired of you talking to me. But I wouldn't even be like that, though, bro. I wouldn't even yeah. be like that. Like, because then I'm getting, he, like, it's like a cat. You feed a cat right. one time. They're going to want to come back for more exactly. and more. Exactly.
0: He, he was like, I had to learn to stop doing that because he was like, the, the more you just give people money, like the more they're going to come back and you're going to end up in a situation where you're not making as much as you feel you should make because you keep giving away your money, you know? So you, you don't ever want to find yourself in a situation like that. So learn to say no. And it's like, I totally agree with Kevin Hart. Like it's hard when you're young because when you're young, you feel like you're obligated to help certain people. But hey certain people got to understand like you're you're grown at this point like you making your own money like i if you got an uncle that's 40 something that's begging you for money it's like hey bro you you had your time you had your life to to do stuff and get your money like don't come to me begging me for shit just because you see i got it now if i help you i help you but you know don't make me don't beat me down with my feelings and make me feel like i gotta help you or i gotta help my cousins or i gotta help these people and that Uh aunties I ain't seen since I was three years old. Like, don't make me feel like I gotta help all these people (laughs) that I don't fucking know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I feel like I think Brandon Marshall brought this up as well. Like, if you're going to come to me, like, come to me with, like, something productive, bro. Like, with a Mm -hmm. business plan. or Like, bro, I'm trying to do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let's get this started. Like, I feel like that's more productive than you just asking me for money. I give you money and you just trick it off. You know what I'm saying? Like, ask me for some shit like I can, like, really make some money off of with you. You know what I'm saying? So we can continue to make money so you don't have to continue asking me for shit, bro. I think that's more of a productive way to go about the shit than you just taking money from me. It's just... It's pointless at the end of the day. Right. So, yeah, I, I love that conversation where people had that, man, because it's definitely when you're young because you feel like so many people helps you get to the, yeah. the place that you are. So it's like, damn, like this person did help me get to this place. I remember this one time that he helped me get inside this club to, you know, do my comedy or whatever. But it's like, man, like I appreciate your help. Like you do want people to still feel like that appreciation, but it doesn't always have to be monetary. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and that's the big thing.
0: And, and people got to be OK with that. Like, people have to be okay with, like, if you make it, you don't have to give me anything. Like, just telling me thank you and you remember me and you don't lose, like, that that bond with me or whatever. As long as you stay solid, that's cool. If you do give me something, that's great. But I, I think people have to understand, and I ask people this all the time. Do you help people because you genuinely want to help or are you helping people because you want them to help you back? Like, there's a huge difference. Everybody's usually in something for something. Like, I'm not going to sit here and I like I've never helped people, so I wouldn't get help in return because you would hope that people help you in return, but sometimes just genuinely help people just because it's the right thing to do, not because you're going to expect something back from them later because you're always going to be disappointed if that's the case.
1: For sure. <laughs> for sure. All right, man, let's move on to uh, entertainment and current events. Uh... I started off with the, the Rittenhouse conversation, man. Shit crazy.
0: <sighs> the man walked away free, basically. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not even going to get into the all the technicalities of the trial, but I'm pretty sure a lot of you have seen already Kyle Rittenhouse did uh, walk away from all charges. And he came out uh, in an interview afterwards saying that he supports Black Lives Matter and Uh, It was about self-defense with his situation that had nothing to do with race. I'm just like, we really let this man fake cry on national television and just walk away while killing people. Like, this shit doesn't make sense at the fuck off. But I do want people to understand, just because he's getting off, this isn't one of those situations where you should be like, well, let this person out of jail or let this person. Like, no, I hate when people do that. Like no, if you're if you're killing people, like you need to be in jail. Like, <laughs> I, I get what people are saying. Like, well, if you're gonna let this person walk, well, you should let Take K walk. You should let this person walk. Like, no. Take K. I ain't heard that nigga <laughs> since
1: 2016.
0: These are all people that need to be where they are. It's just the fact that he shouldn't be free. Like,
1: <laughs> bro, Take K was a reckless ass nigga, bro. He literally made a song where he was <laughs> confessing to everything that he did. <laughs> that nigga's a legend, bro. But uh, but this Renton House situation is crazy, dog. And I, I kind of got the sense of where it was going last week. I think we both did because we we've seen it before. I feel like we were kind of desensitized to it. I've seen people reacting to it on the TL, but we can't be surprised, bro, because it's unfortunate that we have to feel this way every time it it happens in front of us. But it's a white person getting away with some white shit. I told y'all how I felt about the judge last week. The judge was shooting that man too much bail last week. And I'm just like, he was giving him away, uh, dismissing the, the the misdemeanors. I'm like, he going to get off with all this shit. All of this self-defense bullshit that he's starting to portray, all that shit was fake. But I'm like, the, 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 the judge was eating all of that shit up. I'm like, he going to get off, bro. But my question is, when is enough enough? When it when is it going to become a time where we put our foot down, bro, and just say, "Damn, like th- we can't let this happen any longer, bro."
0: Oh, you you don't want to hear my. Answer. I'm I'm not gonna let that. I'm not gonna let my answer to that question be on. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna get my real answer. <laughs> <on here. laughs> I'm just not. I'm not. I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm I'm not gonna get my real answer on here.
1: Cause that that's that's the thing, bro. Cause we continue to see people slide away because we don't even even though Chauvin got charged not charged but he, yeah, he got charged with a murder of um my man uh george floyd we don't know what he's going to be sentenced to and so that could still be some light sentencing bullshit where he get five to ten years for killing george floyd and it's just like that's not enough so we continue to see this cycle continue year in and year out it's like when are when is it going to change with the legal system bro is it something that the people can do because I don't even think that we can protest safely anymore if niggas can just walk up to a, a protest and shoot people. Like, we're not even safe protesting against the legal system or protesting the system against some shit that we don't agree with. So I don't know how, as black people, we can move forward in this system, bro. This shit is ridiculous, man.
0: Yeah, like I said, yeah, y'all gonna hate my take on on this part of the show because I'm I'm really not I'm not really gonna get my answer on what I think <laughs> needs to happen because y'all gonna be looking at me like, whoa, he's going real Dr. Umar
1: right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> you can think to gonna bring up segregation and all that shit, <laughs> probably. All right, man. Uh, let's move on to the uh the Drake and Ye link up.
0: Uh yeah, they they put the beef aside, like we said a couple of weeks ago. But um they they're doing a concert for the free Larry Hoover uh benefits concert, I guess, that they're having on December 9th. Uh this is the first uh live concert I think Ye has done for real in like five years, if I'm not mistaken. And this is the first time him and Drake have been on the stage together in I don't know how fucking long. So I don't know if uh if they're gonna be on the stage at the same time or is it if it's gonna be like uh drake is the opener and Ye is the headliner because he's technically yay's guest i don't know how it's gonna go but it's crazy i never thought i would have seen this beef end and i never would have thought i would seen them uh performing together so soon uh it took jay prince and dave chappelle to do this shit but i'm kind of okay with it so
1: i wouldn't be surprised man because it's it's the little things that happen like I wouldn't be surprised if the, the beef is over, bro, completely. Because it, it just, all it takes is one person saying something about the next person, and uh, we back to beefing. And that's why I thought it wasn't going to happen, because of the Drake line. Why are we going to get together if we just going to talk shit? So if we're going to link up for this occasion, put our, our beef aside for this occasion, and then the next day we're going to talk shit about each other, what was the whole point of linking up in the first place? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's the thing. So if y'all going to put the beef aside, put it aside completely, my nigga, that's, that's my only advice. That's my only advice. And um let's move forward with this one. We, we I was supposed to bring this up last week, but the upcoming Marvel shows from Disney Plus, a lot of things dropped on on Disney Plus day uh a week ago. They they mm-hmm. talked about She Hulk, they talked about the new Echo series, they talked about the new um X-Men ninety-seven yeah. coming out. It was a lot of shit coming out, bro. So, what was uh, a couple of shows that you really are excited for uh moving forward with uh the Disney Plus? That-
0: That X-Men 97, bro, I'm ready for that shit. Like, I'm just ready for Mutants to be properly represented. Mutants movie that's on HBO Max that was trash. Um, I'm just, I'm ready for Mutants to be brought um, into the MCU and uh, for us to finally see, you know, Wolverine and uh, uh, Magneto and all these other people in the actual MCU now, not just in their own standalone films
1: there's gonna be cartoons though like that and that's the thing with the, the 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 x-men 97 like is this gonna prolong their appearance in like the live action mcu like when are we gonna get it in that live action because the x-men 97 is just a continuation from the show that came out back in the 90s So, it's not going to be live action. Is this going to prolong the X-Men from coming into the actual live action MCU? Like, that's the thing that I'm actually worried about, bro. Damn. Because if you're going to show us X-Men, are you going to have this running the same time? Like, the X-Men actually coming to the uh, MCU? That would be kind of weird.
0: Damn, it's not live action. I'm still excited to see it, but damn, it's not live action. I didn't even think about that. Uh... I'm st- I would still say that's the one I'm most excited to see, though. She-Hulk, too. I'm, I'm excited to see She-Hulk just because of, like, I know they were trying to go with the whole Professor Hulk thing with Endgame and whatnot. But I just hate the fact that we didn't get a true Hulk experience to, like, end, like, uh, Russo's character as the Hulk. I, I think he might appear in the whole She-Hulk series, but it's mm-hmm. obviously going to be mainly focused on her. So I, I'm hoping we get a lot more rage-type Hulk and not just, uh, I, I know how to speak proper etiquette, and I'm very strong in Green Hulk. Like, I don't <laughs> want that. I want I want Bro. Hulk smash. I don't fuck with anybody yeah. when I'm this color. Like, I want that Hulk.
1: Bro, That that's the one thing about the Hulk. He's the main character who's really been, like, Disrespected in the the MCU, bro. He hasn't got his full justice, bro. Are we the, the the last time I remember Hulk, he was getting his ass beat by Thanos. Like that's when I think of Hulk now. That's what I remember. I was happy with the 2008 Hulk. This nigga was yes. beating up Abomination. Bro, I was happy that's with the that.
0: Best Hulk.
1: <laughs> that's the best Hulk. Now I'm seeing this nigga get beat up by Thanos. I'm like, this nigga. This ain't even the same nigga I know. This ain't the nigga I know from 08. This shit crazy, bro. So let me let me go through all of the the series that are coming out. I already brought up X Men '97 Echo, Spider Man Freshman Year is coming out. That's going to be an animated uh, show. Agatha House of Arc uh, House of mm, uh, Darkness Harkness. or Harkness is coming out. Marvel Zombies, She Hulk, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight is coming out. Uh, What If Season uh, Two, I Am Groot, Iron Hearts. And secret invasion were all of the Marvel releases. Oh, Ironheart's finna be
0: crazy, especially if they go with the black actress like they was talking about. Yeah, they are. go Ironheart finna go crazy. Yeah, I say I'm I'm excited for that one. Spider-Man, of course, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. So yeah, X-Men, She Hulk, uh Ironheart, Spider-Man, and Agatha of Harkness. Those would be my top five that I'm interested in.
1: And I'm I'm excited for the Agatha House of Harkness, probably the most, and probably uh I'm interested to see the Moon Knight. That that trailer for Moon Knight yeah. was crazy because it was a whole trailer for all of these D- Disney Plus shows. That that shit looked crazy. Like it looked like he had like some sort of personality disorder. Like I'm not mm-hmm. too in tune with his character, but he had some sort of personality disorder. Like one day he's this person, at night he's like beating niggas up and he's this vigilante and like this shit was weird. But Agatha House of Harkness is what I'm most excited for because I think that's when we're gonna see all of like the dark characters come together, like the. Like the moon knights, like the, the, the blades, all of them are gonna come together with Agatha Harkness to be like this this rogue team, I feel like of like, oh, we're vampires, like we're dark at, at night type of shit. I think that's gonna come together in the MCU, bro. And that's what I'm most excited to see, bro. So definitely Agatha House of Harkness was the favorite thing, favorite thing I seen out of the uh the Marvel Disney Plus series is coming up. Um and That was it. You got anything else?
0: Uh, no, that's it.
1: All right, man, let's move forward with Past the Ox, man. What you got for Past the Ox?
0: Past the Ox, uh, Rod Wave by Your Side,
1: man. What was the song I was listening to this week, man? I was listening to that one, John. What's it called? Uh, Don't Miss by Fredo Bang. That shit go crazy, mm. bro. That shit go crazy. He <laughs> got that little sample in the background. And he just ride over the beat. I bro, that that's really the only thing I need, bro. If you give me a classic sample, my nigga, you rapping over the beat, I'm already hooked. Like that's really all I need. <laughs> I'm I'm a simple guy. I'm a simple guy for real. But um, and that's it. Oh, we got movie and show reviews.
0: Uh, this week you all will get eternals from us. We are doing power book season two uh I think episode one just dropped this previous Sunday, correct? Sunday. Mm. So, so yeah, we should have an episode one review before the end of the week. We'll have Eternals before the end of the week. Uh, We're going to do a BMF season review. I think the last episode just aired this past Sunday. I
1: think so. So, think so, so. that'll
0: be coming soon. Uh, Hawkeye starts this weekend. So yeah. we got a Not lot hard. It starts
1: soon. tomorrow. <laughs>
0: it starts tomorrow? Oh, yeah, shit, the 24th tomorrow. So, yeah, it starts tomorrow. So we can... um. We we got a lot coming for y'all uh before the end of the year even gets here. So uh oh and Spider-Man, we on the countdown for Spider-Man at this point, less than a month. So
1: <laughs> shit crazy, bro. Shit crazy, man. Shit crazy. But definitely fuck with us, man. But yeah, you can hit them with the social media.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram at Q A-N-D-E podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube. Q and Sign E podcast and our Gmail is Q A N D E podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, and y'all definitely check out the Q and E Media uh, media pages. Uh Instagram, Q A N D E Media, Twitter, QE Media, and definitely check out the website qande media.com Facebook, Q and Sign E Media. Hey, we appreciate you guys for listening. We're coming out with a lot of uh TV and uh movie reviews coming out, so definitely fuck with us, man. We appreciate you for listening and we out. Isso.